friends, and welcome to Beauty The Interviews, a podcast production of The Beautiful Project, a grassroots storytelling initiative that invites women to belong in the world with substance and with strength. I'm Sarah Stevens, founder of The Beautiful Project and your host for this podcast. Over the course of the past several months, I've sat down with women and asked them to share their body stories with me. We talk about everything in these interviews. We talk about bodies that are too fat or too thin, or too black or not black enough, or too strong or too weak. We talk about belonging and beauty and all of the ways that we have attempted to acquire both of those things. We invite each other to take up all the space our greatness requires and we create safety for each other as we struggle against the dominant narrative that tells us to shrink in order to fit. These are our stories, these are your stories, and I am so glad that you're here. Today's interview is the third in a four-part series with the models of The Beautiful Project. In part two, we heard from Danielle, a warrior woman who knows how to be tough and tender who demonstrates a strong sense of ownership about the body that belongs to her, and who is familiar with the desire to come out swinging to defend her place in the world. She was so honest and open, and it was a privilege to spend some time with her. Today's interview is no less of a privilege. Today we get to hear from Remesa. Rue dives into the intersection between culture, religion, and how we understand belonging. She cracks herself wide open to let us see some of the parts of her that are still a bit raw from the experience of trying to be one whole integrated person in spite of what people might think about that. She is brave and she is beautiful. So let's drop in to hear from Rue. This is one that you definitely don't want to miss. This is my girl. This is my girl, Rue. <laughs> People mess up her name all the time. It drives me crazy. It's like a... Um, I. Oh, so we do some work together, Remessa and I do, and sometimes I hear other people in meetings with her, and they're like, in spite of the fact that Remessa has said her own name multiple times, they will still do this like weird white person thing where they don't pay attention to that, and they just like phonetically butcher it. Remesa, there's all of, and she's so gracious because I'd be like, bitch, my name is Remesa. (laughs) (laughs) Some respect on my name. I'm sitting in in other rooms like I'm furious at the white people. (laughs) Anyway. um, So Rue and I met, uh, she had reached out to me to ask me to do something. Mm. Yeah. To speak. To speak mm-hmm. at a thing. And uh, we met a few times that way, and I instantly knew that I just loved her. I loved her spirit. She's a life coach and um, a life and relationship coach for her family-owned business locally. And she's a mama, and she's a bright, gentle spirit, and I'm really excited for you to be here and doing this thing with us. So welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm making Woo! She makes some emotion. She feels some emotions. <laughs> and all I do is say nice things about her. <laughs> all right, I want you to tell me if you remember the first time that you realized that your body was different from other bodies around you. Um, so I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, mm-hmm. and um, so so I knew I didn't look 
like a lot of people. I come from a Muslim family. Um, and I remember just, um, yeah, being tall, mm-hmm. you know, being tall, looking different. Um, and I think it was when I was in fourth grade. Um, I was chub chub when I was little. Mm-hmm. I was a chubby little girl, and then I started to grow taller. And um, yeah, uh, I think it was also, you know, I grew up with a sick mom, so I just kind of had to create create my own happiness. So I looked to others for affirmation a lot. So mm-hmm. um, I would say at age 13, I tried on my mom's wedding dress. Mm-hmm. And that was like, holy crap. Like, it was so tight on me. Mm. So tight. Oh, I want to freeze that story for a second. (laughs) So you tried on your mom's wedding dress. That is the most beautiful imagery for the things that we look to our mothers for. Mm -hmm. Like, a literal measure of, am I okay? You know? Or am I different? And so that was like this moment for you of, this, this body's different. This body's different, and and you know with, with the family dynamics too. It's it's kind of like well, you're you know you're an athlete, and mm-hmm. you're here in America, and we you know things are different there. And so I just remember feeling like yeah, too big, too, too big, big. Mm-hmm. Um, too big, and um, okay, well I need to something's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you remember thinking I need to fix. I have to be fixed. Yeah. That's kind of been my imprint of yeah. not feeling enough yeah. since I was little. Yeah. Mm. Our, um, I talk a lot about how our narrative is, it's like a lineage with our mamas. You know, it's like passed through our mamas in so many ways. So it's a really powerful story to illustrate that. So you didn't feel like you belonged at school, mm-hmm. did, and you didn't really feel like you belonged at home. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was too sad at home. So, you were too sad at home. So I was like, you, like very. I used joy. I used. I was all about taking care of others and finding happiness outside of my home. Um, and I remember at like age of two, actually, no one was really around, and I would go outside and want to play. And yeah, so my worth, I think my self value of my worth was I had to entertain and take care of others mm. to bring myself joy. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So did you feel like you belonged anywhere? Um, mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. No. I get that too. Do you, do you think that's been a theme for you in your life? Have you felt a lack of belonging generally? I think I've, I've done a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of work. <laughs> um... But my theme throughout, I remember, um, yes, just trying to trying to be enough. So, so you know, in my culture, it's doctors, lawyers, engineers. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did I do? I I, I turned to fashion. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna just embrace my height and everything, and I'm going to fashion, and I'm gonna just show, you know, like do the opposite. So that was me standing out and having a voice for myself mm-hmm. and rebelling. Um, I did play tennis in high school and college, so that was, I wasn't smart, quote unquote, but I had the athleticism. Mm. So, so for me, it was, I had to perform in order to be seen. Got it. Mm. 
that is a really common theme for women. It's the um, the value or the worth based on what I do as opposed to who I am. Yeah. yeah. So you have this tall, athletic body that has been different shapes, shapes and sizes, I'm sure. Have you ever done anything to fix your body? Yeah, what have you done? Since, well, to fix it, I mean, yeah. I know I, I, I've seen a few doctors to look at my nose. Mm. You know, I, I've had a few consultations. Um, uh, I remember going to, when I moved to New York, um, I was like, oh, well, this is a fashion capital, so I'm not going to eat for a while. Mm. I'm going to eat. There was a time when I first moved there, I would eat three things a day, three items a day, so I could be thin. Be thin. Yeah. yeah. Not meals, but items. Things. Yeah. 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 How did you feel internally? Oh, I was a hot mess. I was. Um, I felt very lost. I felt. Um, I was kind of like. Um, swirly. I was just like, okay, so if I lose this weight and I look good, I'm going to feel better. Yeah. And when I feel better, I will feel happier. Yeah. And I was never happy. I was never 100%. And I think that was the theme. Uh, working in fashion, mm-hmm. working in the entertainment business. If I work in these great fields, I'm going to be seen and I'm going to feel happy. Mm-hmm. They never, never, yeah, never did. felt fully fulfilled in my relationships. So tell me how you, um, tell me how that shifted for you then. So you were, you know, you were walking down that path, doing that thing, fashion yeah. and seeming and... Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, it felt really alone, it felt really dark. And um, it was something for me to be like, okay, I need to do something because I'm attracting a lot of the bad stuff mm-hmm. so how do I get out of it and it was it wasn't until I realized oh it's me it's not the others mm-hmm. you know blaming and you know um, having the wrong friends having the wrong guys around feeling like my self-value picking wrong relationships so yeah it wasn't until I did um, some work on myself you know yeah. uh, and my family stuff really get into the core of my family stuff, which I kind of shared with you about the blog mm-hmm. that's come up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, share a little bit about that. So with the blog, so with the beautiful project, I, I wrote about, wrote my letter to my little one, and um, just last week, you know, my parents knew I was the rebel. I have a sister who's a doctor, is a pediatrician. Um, they knew I drank but we've never had conversations, and um, my sister read the letter, and my dad read the letter, and they called me, and um, he was just like, how do you feel? I I, I wanted to let you know I read the letter. How do you feel? I was like, Dad, that was 20 years ago, but yeah, I've I've been dealing with, you know, like I dealt with it. I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, But for them, it was, what are other people going to think? Even now. Even now. There's that underlying factor yeah. of, well, what are they? Oh, but it's okay. I'm glad you're okay. But you know other people are going to read this. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm still kind of processing that, like, I'm out. Like, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. I've 
hid who I have been for a very long time. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad you decided to do that. You deserve to be seen. And it's good. It is good. Like the thing that you are, it's good. And I'm not just making that up. And it's scary, too, yeah. It's funny, we crave being seen so much, and we also have this simultaneous, like, don't see me, don't see me, don't see me. Totally. Don't see me. Yeah. Rather than keeping them both separate, the family, the friends, and the... Because mm -hmm. all my life, my friends have been my family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So connecting them and saying, this is, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. Love me for, for me, and that's what I want for my, for my little. Girl. Yep. Mm -hmm. And she'll have it if you demonstrate it. Really. You know, I think. I mean, might be making that up, but I'm pretty sure if we demonstrate it, that they pick up on some of that. Mm -hmm. You know, the irony of that, of the um, keeping all the people compartmentalized, and, you know, I'm this to this, to this group of people, and... Um, we're, we're looking to gain belonging and acceptance. That's why we do it, right? But then, and then we get it. We get accept, we, like they, we get praise or, you know, if we're, I suppose, in best case scenarios, they're, they approve of us and praise us and what have you. But then we're always left with the residual of, but you wouldn't if you really knew, right? Yeah. And so it's a pretty brave thing to go, no, this is all the parts. You deserve to be seen that way. Thank you. I want to know um, what you think about what it means to be full. What does that mean? For me, uh, to feel full is just to be okay with me. Mm -hmm. Just to be, to be, to be me. Um, that it's not a thing to make me happy, that I am happy and I choose to be happy. Yeah. Do you think you have permission to do that? I have permission. It's those voices mm. that come up. Yeah. So just telling them to fuck off. Yeah. So that's... I'm going to have to put the, like, E explicit thing next to this podcast, which <laughs> makes me so happy. So Yeah. I'm keeping the fuck off. I'm real excited about that. Um. Oh, I get to have an E. <laughs> We've arrived. <laughs> Podcasting. Um... Is there anything else you want to add? Um, just lastly, I mean, with, with culture, with religion, with, uh, I think, just growing up, it wasn't okay to discuss certain things, right? So to, so, so my vision is for others to be like, it's okay. It's mm -hmm. okay to have different thoughts. It's okay to, you know, we're all the same. We're all okay. And just to have... Um, yeah, just to have resources out there. So yeah, that's that's my intent. Is good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Mm. You guys are such a <laughs> you're amazing. All right, friends. That's it for part three. Ramessa, your courage inspires me, and I am confident that I am not alone. I know that other women will find themselves in your words. Join us back here next week to hear part four with Courtney. Courtney dives deep into a conversation about the crippling impact of expectations from our families, from our culture, from our communities. She tells a few incredible stories about the lengths she's gone to in order to change her body. 
And most importantly, Courtney demonstrates a ton of wisdom when she opens up about what it means to just stop. Stop pleasing, stop performing, stop delivering on everyone's expectations. Just stop. Seriously, it is so good. If you think you might want to hear more stories from women about their bodies, about beauty, and about belonging, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. If you loved today's episode, take a second and leave us a review so that other people will be able to find us. You can find out more information about The Beautiful Project in the show notes. Thank you for joining us today and lending your voice to our chorus of courage as we create a world where women belong with substance and with strength. See you all soon.